tonight. You being here is an encouragement to us, and we hope that we can be an encouragement to you and that our worship together is exactly what God wants in spirit and in truth. We'll be opening your Bibles to 2 Timothy, the third chapter. 2 Timothy, the third chapter. In just a few moments, we will uh, be studying, beginning at that passage in 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Let me remind all of you youth and parents that there are summer camp applications and they are available in the foyer and so be sure and pick up your application tonight and uh, mark that on your calendar and put it on your priority list and get that back to us and we look forward uh, to a tremendous summer camp again this year that is definitely a time of spiritual growth in the lives of children. When you talk with youth, about some of the closest, some of the times in their life that they felt the closest to God, or times in their lives where they made turns for the positive, many youth will list summer camps as that time. And so let's be prayerful that this will be a spiritual feast for our young people, and let's make sure that we make it a priority for our youth and help them to be there, to be a part of that. And we appreciate uh, all those that are already working to make that camp a great success, even though it's several weeks away. This week, we have Vacation Bible School, and how wonderful it is to be a part of a congregation where so many good things are happening, and almost all at one time right now. Uh, a few minutes ago, I kind of felt that overload, you know, that feeling of, hey, I just don't know if we can pull all this off. And, uh, and, and then I made a few phone calls, and you know, you only have to talk to a few Mount Juliet folks before you say, wait a minute, these folks can always get the job done. Give the glory to God, but how wonderful it is to be in a congregation where so much can be done because so many people are willing servants. If it's possible in their life to do it, they want to do it for the glory of God, and that is such a wonderful thing to experience in the life of a congregation. I look forward to the time that we can talk a lot more uh, about the mission trip that's been referred to. It was so wonderful that after Wednesday night, uh, we just hated to leave so many contact cards that were great contact cards behind to a congregation that was going to have a difficult time following up on those. So eight of us went back again yesterday and uh, spent all day. We left there about, I guess, 7.30 or 8 o'clock last night. And, um, and there were two more folks baptized yesterday and one more restored. So I believe that would bring the total to 10 baptisms and three restorations for the week. And that's a wonderful thing that, that God has blessed us to be a part of, and, and hopefully that's a tremendous blessing for the congregation there. And we look forward to being able to encourage that congregation, not just this one time, but maybe throughout the year going down with a few folks uh, to encourage that wonderful congregation in any inner cities, Chattanooga. But this week, as VBS approaches us, it is amazing to think about the opportunity that God gives us to reach out into the lives of youth from all over this town. Many of them, it will be the first time that they've ever been uh, inside a building of the Church of Christ. It'll be the first time that they've come to know, at least by their perception, what these people are and how friendly they are, how much do they love us, and, and those things of that nature, but also what do we teach, and hopefully the scriptures in our Lord will be magnified. There are flyers in the foyer scattered throughout the foyer that tell more details of the 7th through 12th grade. Much has been said uh, about the 6th grade and under, 
And those activities will be taking place here. We're just trying to emphasize the fact that 7th through 12th grade will be at the Mount Juliet Middle School, which is the building just behind the Mount Juliet High School. If children need transportation, there will be shuttles running from here to there. That's no problem. If that's the only child you're dropping off and it's convenient for you, that would be a more convenient place to drop off is actually at the location of school there. And there will be, hopefully, a tremendous lineup of speakers, of times of small group study, and then also activities that will relate to things that's just been learned. So we believe that it will be a powerful youth series that probably will start a new tradition for us here that I can envision this growing over the next few years to several hundred kids. We already have some area youth groups that say they want to come to at least one or two of the days once they've seen the flyer and they see what it's about. And so excitement and attention is already building, and let's make sure that we do our part to get the word out to our children, to our grandchildren, to neighbors, and et cetera, that are in 7th through 12th grade. Also, make sure you get your, the word out to, to your family and neighbors that are younger kids. There's going to be the tremendous Vacation Bible School uh, that is the, the traditional style here, and uh, we look forward to a great week. But, you know, among all of this um, busyness, among all of the, the late nights of working and creative thinking and, and trying to, to just do the right thing in an excited way, sometimes it's real easy to lose focus of the main thing. You know, and it's so important to keep the main thing the main thing. And so tonight, I want to offer to you from the Scriptures just some reminders as we go into Vacation Bible School. Really, what is it all about? Because we really could get so wrapped up in some of the other aspects of it that we could divert our attention and really lose the most powerful focus of Vacation Bible School. As we think about the importance of youth, I want you to think with me about some statistics that are somewhat staggering. I believe that we are a congregation that is very evangelistic-minded. I believe as a congregation that, that the number of individuals in this congregation that sat down and study with individuals on a regular basis and hopes to convert them to Christ is, is very impressive. And I believe we can do better. I believe we can do more. But nevertheless, the numbers themselves prove that individuals in this congregation are evangelistic but also the outreach and the growth as a congregation proves that that is somewhat a personality of our congregation. When, when a congregation our size leads four or five mission teams a year to various places, it's obvious that that fact alone lends itself to a congregation that is full of individuals, that's willing to take vacation time, take time off work, take time away from other activities in their life to make sure that they invest in sharing the gospel around the world to souls. And so with this in mind, in other words, we are now assuming the fact that we are evangelistic-minded. Souls are important to us. Now, what group? should be among our highest importance. I'm not suggesting to you that a certain group that the Lord values their souls more. I'm saying to you, if we want to look at potential successes, which group should we look to with the greatest in intensity? If you were selling a product and someone told you that over here in this geographical area, A, that there would only be a slight percent that would buy your product, but yet over here in the geographical area of B, there would be an extremely high percent 
that would purchase your product. You as a salesman, you might say, I want to go to both areas, but which area are you going to put the greatest emphasis on? Well, of course, it's going to be B. Barna Research has revealed that 43% of individuals that have become Christians have done so by the age of 13. Almost one half of all adults today that say they are Christians made that decision by the time they were age 13. 64% say that they've made that decision by the time they're 18. Two out of three adults today that claim to be Christians made that decision in their teens. There's a lot of years after 18. You take all of these people from 18 to death, and that's only one-third of the conversions. And all of this much smaller group from 18 and under are the ones that statistically is proven they will respond to the gospel. Now, by the time we go to age 21, that number has become 77%. Three out of four, more than three out of four, became Christians before they were 22 years old. If we really are serious about evangelism, we must be serious about reaching the youth in America because that is the age that responds to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important as we think about giving rides to church to neighbors that live around us. That's why the ministry that Phil Wagner does is so important. He has more potential in his ministry to reach out to the most than any other ministry here. That's why when we consider a youth mission trip as they are doing at the end of this week has to be as important as any mission trip that's considered in this church. And really that's why we have to consider that Vacation Bible School is so important. It's a time to begin planting seeds in the lives of children so that they will come to know our Lord as they mature. Let's think about tonight what Paul would say to Timothy in his writings in 1 and 2 Timothy to place such heavy emphasis on the lives of children. VBS is a time for what? Let's begin reading 2 Timothy, the third chapter, and let's look at verse 14 and 15. When we read in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, in 14 and 15, Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for the salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Notice how he writes to this young man, Timothy. Now, by this time, Timothy is a young man, but he is in his youth of adulthood. 
But isn't it interesting that this man that is very faithful and he's a powerful worker in the Lord's kingdom, it didn't just happen overnight. This young man had already given himself to knowing the Scriptures from his childhood. When is the time to learn the Scriptures? The time to learn the Scriptures is when children are young. Now, there's probably not a person in here that when that was said, you said, well, that preacher's wrong on that. Who would ever dream of a child learning the Scriptures? I would say that everybody in here heard that and thought, you know, that's absolutely right. God knows what He's talking about. I will not argue with God on that. The time to learn the Scriptures is in the youth. Ecclesiastes 12.1, Remember thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Now, do we really believe that? Grandparents, when's the last time we've sat down with our grandchildren and we've talked about knowing Scripture? When's the last time we've done Scripture sword drills with our grandchildren and say, let's try to find numbers? 10th chapter in the Bible, go. When's the last time we've sat down with our children and said, now let's go over the books of the Bible. Let's go over the Beatitudes. Let's talk about the Sermon on the Mount. Let's study 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Do you know what that chapter is? You see, it's one thing for us to just sound good with our words. Oh, sure, in childhood's the time for a child to learn the Scriptures. But do we believe it? Do we believe it enough to practice it? Not only as individuals, do we believe it as a church family? Do we believe that in childhood is the time for children to be opening their Bibles and learning the Scriptures? Something is wrong with a teacher that says, you know, we just don't really open the Bible in, in Bible classes because it just takes so long to find all those passages. We just talk about the Bible. No. No, we're here to learn the Bible. We're here so that children can say, from my childhood, I went to the Mount Juliet Church of Christ, and it was in my childhood that I learned to find the books of the Bible. It was in my childhood that I learned the Scriptures, and I learned major passages, and I was inspired to learn more of the Scriptures. Friends, just recently our children came back from a youth event. And most people probably left that youth event saying that was a wonderful youth event. And probably some wonderful things happened. You know what the speaker did that night? As I'm told, he paraphrased a few scriptures but never opened the Bible. Let that never, never be a characteristic of the Mount Juliet Church of Christ. We do not need to be people that talk about the Bible. We need to be people that open the Bible and study the Scriptures. VBS is a tough setting with so many visitors and, and so much happening. And I know that's a challenge in VBS to have every child open the Bible. I know that, and I'm not saying I have quick solutions to it. But please... Every one of us that's involved in the life of a child, if they're living in our own roof, or if they're a relative of ours, or if we're teaching them in Bible class, or if we're working with them on a retreat, or if we're teaching them in a small group setting, let's make sure that we challenge ourselves to realize this opportunity God has given me is an opportunity to teach the Scripture. If we fail in that, we have just missed one of the greatest opportunities that we could ever share with anyone. It's the opportunity to teach the Scriptures. 
Many of us have had that opportunity this past week to sit down in someone's house and to look a stranger in the eyes for an hour and a half and study the Word of God and to see the power of God's Word convict their heart and them say, I want to change. I want to be a child of God. I want to be baptized into Christ. And that conviction and that power didn't come from us. And it didn't come from us talking about the Bible. It came from us studying and teaching the Word of God. Now notice also, we see here on this side, slide that three things that in this text he said the Bible was capable of doing. It's the power to make one wise. You ever heard someone look at a youth and say, well, that person is wise beyond their years. If that person is a faithful Christian, that youth, probably the reason they're wise beyond their years is they've already started learning scriptures. Youth that know scriptures have a head start because they're wise beyond their years. That's what the scripture does when we learn it and we apply it to our life. It gives us tremendous advantages, not only in this life, but definitely for spiritual life. But also notice it's, it's to wise to, make, to save oneself. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the gospel, the written scriptures. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. How is it that we look at individuals and say, why have they been about religious things for so long, but yet they're not saved? Maybe that individual hasn't committed their heart to learning the scriptures. The scriptures are the most powerful instruments that we have to convict our heart or to convict someone else's heart. But then notice also the fuel here. It's faith through Christ Jesus. That faith, where does it come from? The Scripture says it comes from the Scriptures. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10 and 17. So it's so important that we realize that anytime we have the opportunity to be around children, it's an opportunity to teach the Scriptures. And what a blessing it was in the life of Timothy that he had individuals in his childhood believe children can learn the Scriptures. Let's use that as a challenge for us this week. Let's make sure that VBS is a time for children to learn the Scriptures. Let's see something else. Let's go back to 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter. In 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, let's read verse 12. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Here we see that VBS would be a tremendous time to show our Christianity. It's a time to not only visit and to study the Word of God, but it's to do so, it's to interact in such a way that youth that maybe have never been around Christians say, I like those people. I see something in the lives of those people that I've never seen before. Do you realize that this week, and I have no idea who it is, I don't have a particular individual in mind, but do you realize probably several, but at least one child will be with us this week that's probably growing up in a rough home. I'm talking about a home where no Christians live. Maybe from a family where no one is a faithful Christian. Where they do not go to worship because no one will take them. And they do not go to Bible class. That child is coming in to this place wondering, 
What are these people like? Well, what are we going to show them? This is our opportunity to show our Christianity. He says we can, by showing our Christianity, help youth become an example of believer. Timothy had individuals in his life that helped him learn to be able to accomplish all these. Look at that. They became believers in word. We talk different. Our language shows love. Our language shows our purity. Also in conduct, our behavior is different from the world. In love, we act sacrificially. It's unconditionally. In spirit, our very life itself, it's not just a talk. It's a walk. It's the life that we live. And then he mentions in faith, that's the belief system that we live out because of the word that we live by. And he concludes here, it's an example in purity. In other words, our life is one that we strive to stay away from the things that would violate our pure life, our pure conduct, our pure conscience before God. And so you say through uh, Timothy, Paul, how's this young man to do this? How's he to be an example of all this? And notice he says there's three things that I want you to give attention to. You ever been in a room where everybody was talking and they were visiting probably before some kind of event begins? And then someone gets up and, and uh, you know, they do the old tap on the microphone and they say, can I have your attention? In other words, focus. Here, Paul is saying to Timothy, you've got a tall order before you. Be an example of a believer in all these things. But that's not going to happen accidentally. You're going to have to call your attention to these things. What are you going to call your attention toward? He says, you're going to have to give attention to the reading of the Scriptures and to exhortation and the doctrine. Reading of the scriptures and then learning the teaching of it. That's the doctrine. Youth can learn doctrine. Now sometimes teachers teach as if youth could not learn doctrine. God says youth can learn doctrine. And so one of the things that we need to be bringing the attention of our youth toward is not only the reading of the Scriptures, but learning the doctrine of the Scriptures, but then also realizing youth can have a powerful influence to exhort others. That means calling to one side. So here we have Christian youth, and they have peers that are over in the world. They can exhort their peers to become Christians. As we began this evening, the greatest, most powerful evangelistic area is that of youth. And how wonderful it is when our youth take advantage of that to reach their peers. So let's think about using VBS as a time to teach the Scriptures. Using VBS as a time to show others that maybe have not seen Christianity what it's all about. But let's look at the third thing here. 1 Timothy, the third chapter. 1 Timothy, the third chapter. Let's look now at verse 4 and 5. 1 Timothy 3, 4 and 5. He speaks... This time, you might, as we're about to approach this passage, if you know it, you're probably thinking, now why are we looking at this passage? This passage shows or reveals to us the priority that you thought of having our life. How high does God esteem youth? Well, when we look at the office of elder, those that oversee the church, he gives us one of the qualifications in an indirect fashion that those men must esteem youth to the highest or they can't be elders. 
Well, that kind of gives us a reflection of the church and their view of the priority of youth. Let's read this. He says here in verse 4 and 5, One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? If this man does not consider his children important, he cannot be qualified to be an elder. And you remember Jesus in Mark the 10th chapter when others were trying to turn the children away because they thought that the study with the adults was more important than the time that children could spend with the youth. Jesus took them in his arms and laid his hands on them and he blessed them. Jesus rebuked them for not placing youth as a high enough priority. And then he showed them by his example, youth are of the greatest priority. And then as we see the New Testament church growing and we see the doctrine being given, even that same priority is revealed throughout the scriptures. Youth are very, very important. Let's make sure that we show during Vacation Bible School this week to our youth that they are important. I think we're doing that. When we see the tremendous hours of work that have gone in to this week, when we see the many, many, many people that will give many hours this week in service to our youth, I believe that's being communicated. And what a wonderful thing to communicate. I believe that God is thrilled with the emphasis that we place upon the life of children. Because there's no doubt He places a tremendous emphasis on the life of children. Let's look at the final one, 2 Timothy, the first chapter. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. VBS gives us a time to offer thanksgiving. It's a time to offer thanksgiving. When we look at the great apostle Paul, and say, Paul, what are things that you are grateful for in your life? One of the things that he would quickly mention is I'm thankful for those young people that love God. Let's see what he says to one young man here. We're reading in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verses 3, 4, and 5. He says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. I remember you. He's talking to the young man, Timothy. I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. He was thankful in his prayers for this young man. This week, many of us will be carrying a heavy burden of labor in VBS. I'm not saying we dread that or despise that. I'm just stating a real fact. Many of us in this group will be carrying a heavy burden of labor during VBS. It's hard work. Let's make sure that we stop and sincerely thank God for the youth that are around us. Instead of believing, boy, somebody owes me big. Look at all the things that I've been doing for youth lately. No. 
let's humbly thank God that there are youth that want to be around godly events, times to learn about God. Have you ever been to a congregation that had no youth? If you haven't, make sure you go to church when you're on vacation. And if you'll just start going to church when you're on vacation, you'll pop in one of these days to one of those churches, and when you first sit down, you'll say, what's missing? Something's different about this church, and it won't be a good feeling. And you'll realize the future doesn't look bright. It breaks your heart when you see a church that doesn't have a hope of a future. Thank God that we have so many youth that love God and are serious about God. And they're ready to join in and help this week with Vacation Bible School. They're ready to go to Georgia and help other kids. Some of them have just come back from stateside in Chattanooga. Others have just come back from El Salvador. Others are involved on a regular basis in the teaching of our Bible classes. Others have raked your yards. Others of them have served you with fruit baskets. Others of them have, have done whatever has been asked of them because they love the Lord. Thank God for such youth. And what a heartbreak it is to think that there are congregations that don't have one or two in their midst. Paul realized the blessing of youth. And as he began his second letter, he couldn't begin without saying, Timothy, I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for you day and night. The word foyer comes from the Latin word hearth. You see, a foyer is a place where people gather and they visit. And the reason that that comes from the word hearth is because in past days, many of you will remember, when the houses were a little cooler. You remember how everybody in the wintertime would kind of sit close to the hearth and that's where you visited? Some of you will remember the old country stores. Where did everybody gather in the old country store? There'd be the potbelly stove. There'd be the old crates and chairs to set around the potbelly stove. And people didn't just come to the country store to shop. That's where they came to socialize. They pulled up a seat and they visited around the hearth, the place that was warm. And that's where we get the word foyer. It's a place to be warm. It's a place to visit. Let's make sure that our foyer, these next four days, our foyer lives up to that term. That little kids that don't know how to act in church will still be warm to them as we try to help them learn the right way to act. And children that just got so excited about everything that we'll be warm with them even though their excitement might be a little greater than our excitement. And let's make sure that when this week is over, every child here not only 
was taught the scriptures. But they were shown what a real Christian looks like. They've seen that, that youth are a high priority to us because they are to God. And we truly are thankful every time we have the opportunity to plant a seed for God in the life of a child. Tonight, if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation and to be His child, there's no greater decision that you can make at this time than to do that. If it's time for you to be baptized into Christ, why not do that? If you have allowed yourself to separate from God after becoming His child, why not come back to Him tonight? We all need to be children. Children of God. Before we sing this song of invitation, could we offer a brief prayer and thanksgiving to God for our youth. Let's bow. Our most gracious God, we are so thankful for every young person that is gathered in this gathering, for the love that they have for you and for the great encouragement that they are to us every day. And Lord, for this week that is approaching of Vacation Bible School, we are so grateful. We are grateful that you have given us the opportunity to serve you by serving these children. And Lord, we pray that we will show love in our every effort, that we will show your word and your will and your way, and that we will have glorified, magnified, and pleased you by every interaction that we have with children this week. Lord, we believe that some of these children will probably come from homes that could be wonderful prospects for us to share the gospel with their family. Please help that to happen. Please help us to have open eyes. Lord, thank you for each one that is giving of their time and of their energy in this effort. Lord, we pray for your glory that you would give us spiritual success in this endeavor. Lord, if there's one that has not become your child, we pray, Lord, that they would deal wisely with this opportunity. And it's through your Son's name we pray, and amen. We can help you in any way. Come as we stand and as we sing.